I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. to another edition of the Lost of Words DraftKings podcast. I am joined as ever by Matt Vincenzi. Uh, Matt, we, we keep talking about this on the recent podcast, but this is now another consecutive event that we are in the booth, if you like. Um, not long until the break, buddy. Yeah, you know, you might not get this reference, I don't know, but we're the Cal Ripken of golf podcasts. Yeah, so I I know the name, but the, did he like never miss a match or something? Yeah, he, uh, he like, has the longest, he was like the Iron Man in baseball, the longest yeah. streak of active games played. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it translates as much as I know who he is. Um, I actually went to see, uh, have you seen the film or the the play Dear Evan Hansen? No. Okay, so I went to go see the stage show that at the weekend, and he talks about his dad selling off his Cal Ripken Jr. card for uh, to raise money for charity. So I kind of I kind of hear it, and I, I watch baseball enough to know who he is, but yeah, I... Uh, I did not know he held that record, and I did not did not consider myself being compared to Carl Rookin Jr. today. There we go. So, so yeah, go. always full of surprises, Matt. Um, <laughs> how much golf did you watch last week? Um, you know, it's funny because I watch every hole of every tournament pretty much. Like when you see, I come here on a on a Tuesday or a Monday. It's always I I watch the good deal of it. But the one thing I can't do in life is stay up past midnight. I just <laughs> <laughs> I'm not physically capable of it. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a morning person, so I'm always up really, really early. Yeah. Um, so I, I was able to, I was trying to watch on Saturday and Sunday, but I kept like, just like dozing off and putting it back. It was just too late. And the coverage I thought was bad when it was on. Yeah. I, I, I didn't watch anything. So like any, anything we say on this or anything I say on this is basically based on what I've read, what I've seen in highlights, what, you know, ultimately the good news was is that Ricky Fowler and Andrew Putnam did not win um, because that would have torn my heart out after putting both of those up at the Shriners. Um, Keegan Bradley wins by one stroke. I, I don't think it was completely surprising that Keegan Bradley wins that event. Like He's played well at that golf course before. It's the type of course that would generally suit him uh, based on what we knew about it. Um, were you surprised at the lack of elites, though? Because you look at the top 10, and it was only really Xander. Well, I think that's why Keegan won. Yeah. I mean, if there was if there was someone better in the mix, I think like what he did on Sunday probably shouldn't shouldn't have been enough to get it done. on most weeks, when you, if you had a lot of top guys, if it was like Rory and Xander battling at the top, um, not that Rory played, but uh, so I think that's part of it. There wasn't really pressure from like one of these really really top end elite guys up there. And I was a little surprised, but I think the golf course does kind of cater to just those more accurate players. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because the, the players that were in it, so the one that did surprise me was Hayden Backley, who actually Jason said in the betting podcast he liked. Like, I didn't really see that for him. I didn't necessarily see Sahith Agala finishing that high outright. But like when you see Bradley, Fowler, Putnam, Grillo, all ball striking well, all the type of golf, golfers that play well, Victor Hovland is obviously um, you know an elite player that can kind of overcome things. Tom Hoagie, you know, we'd spoken about ball striking, great. So really, you know, apart from Hovland, Xander, there wasn't really anything else there, and I was I was kind of surprised by that. It was kind of spread out. Like you had to go down to kind of like Tom Kim at twenty fifth for like the next real high price player to to contend. So there was some surprise there. Um, I was basically disappointed with how Mito played on day two, shooting at seventy seven. Oh. But you know, otherwise I thought he played pretty well. Um, 
Joel Damon, I was quite happy with. Uh, played very, very well for, for a good period of time. Got better every round and then just didn't on the final day. Opened bogey, double bogey over the first three holes. And that's when I stopped tracking the tournament. Um, you know, even just looking at golf scores. But, yeah, it, it was one. It was just a typical Japanese event where you can't really watch too much about it. You don't really know necessarily what's going on. You just see the scores at the end of the day. There's no strokes gain data about it. So that's a little bit disappointing. Um, and it kind of... Do you consider it an issue for anyone traveling this week? It's a good question. Uh, good question. I haven't thought too much about it. Uh, I think I would prefer that they didn't play. Would you? I don't care. Like, I, I think I think it's one of those ones where, like, I've just got players that I like, and if they played there, then fine. I mean, ultimately, the, the kind of three or four people that I've bet, only one of them played over there, and we'll come on to that later. But, like... Yeah, I think I think these pros are so used to doing it. Like, I think every week we kind of factor in, oh, they they're going to be, you know, jet lagged from coming over from Europe, or they're going, you know, we're going to suddenly say that John Rahm can't win this week because he's come back from Spain. Like, it's just, it just doesn't happen, does it? So, um, I know he's obviously had a, a kind of extra week off, but Matthew Fitzpatrick, for example, I want to rule him out just because he's been at Valderrama last week. So, I think if we get caught up in kind of jet lag things and stuff like that, it would be a little bit foolish, but. Let's go into the top of the board. We've got Roy McIlroy at 11-1, John Rahm at 10-9, Scotty Scheffler at 10-4, Justin Thomas at 10-2. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is the only one of the four that hasn't played an event um, since the Tour Championship. Um, Rory's obviously been playing in Europe. Rahm's been playing in Europe. Um, JT did play... No, he didn't even play, did he? So it's... What do you make of that? Do you, do you take anything from the fact that Rory and John Rahm have played in Europe and readied themselves over the fact that the other guys have not been playing? I think it is a small bit of a factor. I think, think of it almost like the travel thing you just said, whereas it, I think I would rather that they have been playing, but I'm not going to rule somebody out because they haven't been playing. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, I really like Rory McIlroy's chances this week. I think I think he's got a really, really good chance. The only, uh, and we kind of spoke about this a little bit before we came on, like, Everything paints perfectly for him. Like if, if I was going to think about golf course and Tom Fazio, you've got Quail Hollow. He's obviously won on there uh, a couple of times. We've got, or has he won there and, and come second a couple of times? He's definitely won mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, Kiowa Island keeps coming up in people's kind of um, previews. He's obviously won the VJ Championship there. Like, there's plenty to like about Roy McIlroy. The fact that he's driving the ball best of anybody. The fact that he's around a green game is really good. I just. That killer instinct at the moment hasn't been there on the DP World Tour, so I don't know why it would now be there in a stacked field on the PGA. Yeah, he's not particularly for me this week. Um, I think he will. I mean, he just, in, in no-cut events, he always really finds his way towards the top just because he's too good when you give him so many chances. He, he'll eventually make his way up there. I don't doubt that he can be in the mix. Um, I do, like you, doubt his winning upside. I think, I know I've talked about this with you before, and I think um, this is going to be one of our future podcast like we could have a whole podcast about his career um but i don't think that he gets um enough flack for his lack of closing ability and i know some and i think you know i I guess we'll go into that deeper in a later day but i just think he his price is too high for someone who doesn't you know win as much as he should win um you know, in general, obviously 11-1 is a fine price, but for me, if he doesn't win, I don't want to pay that. So I'd rather. And also, when I think of him, I think of these more tree-line classical layouts, and uh, this really isn't that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I think I just, 
I think he's the easiest one to kind of pin your hopes on, you know, all the way down to kind of like the, the low nines and stuff. Like, I don't think there's anyone I feel more confident about than him. So that's that. I did like Justin Thomas. I think, you know, this is a good golf course for him, potentially. Do we expect it to play tougher than the Palmetto? It's a good question. And Justin Thomas is my favorite as well. But I think I expected to play somewhat easier because it was so firm and fast last year. And I remember I watched a lot of it that... Um, the fairway or greens wouldn't hold anything like yeah. if you on the fairways it would run off into the waste area and if you hit it on the green it would run off into the um you know to the bunkers around the green i think both of uh but the fairways are pretty wide and i think those both of those things favor justin thomas he's so good around the green especially where there's no rough when you just have to kind of um just clip the ball perfectly and he's so good at that or so good around the greens and in, in that area and i think you can have a little more room for error off the tee and i don't think it's going to be quite as firm and fast as um, this week it might not necessarily be easier but it won't be as firm and fast it'll be more difficult for different reasons um, and I think the fairways will hold the balls a bit better because it'll be um, not quite as, as fast but I think the the cold is going to make the ball not travel as much and the not firm and fast is going to make it play really long so that's kind of how I think it's going to go yeah so that's the thing isn't it right like it's not going to be as firm and fast so it might not be as difficult to hold the greens but it's going to play a hell of a lot longer so mm-hmm. the idea is that it probably now favours the bigger hitters even more so than it did last time around. I mean, when you look at it, there were some players up there last year that kind of contended when you wouldn't necessarily think they could in a golf course of this length. But I mean, obviously, Garrett Kigo won, um, who, who was you know decently long hitter. So it's Jonathan Vegas was one of the runners up. Doc Redmond's not a short hitter. Till Hatton's not necessarily short. So you know, there was plenty of people that that hit the ball a decent way up there last year, and I think it only lends itself to being even more so. Uh, a factor this time around. Do we need to say anything about Scotty Scheffler at the moment? Or just uh, uh, see what happens this week? Yeah, I, he hasn't been for me in a while. Um, and I, I agree. I just I still feel that way, and I need to see a little bit more from him. I just think he's just the way careers go. Like, he, he had the best year ever, won a major. Like, all those great things are happening. I just don't see him taking a, having a month off where he's not as good, and then all of a sudden just being right back. It's, it's going to take some time for me. So I guess... He finished third at the BMW Championship, and then he was first through the 54-hole stage of the stroke place current, the Tour Championship, and had a really bad final round, didn't he? Um, where he probably could have won that, obviously, overall. It's really tough. I I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't strike me as a golf course that I would go to the Scotty Scheffler first anyway, so I'm not necessarily worried too much about it. I'm guarding against something good happening from him again, just because we know what the upside of his, him is now, but... Um, I definitely prefer. I would probably start anything with JT, and I would probably have some Rory lineups in there as well. I I don't want to fade Ram because <laughs> that's just not going to work these days. But like, I don't think I want to go there. Yeah, I probably wouldn't go to either. I'd probably start with JT. Speaking of Shaffer, though, I will think put it this way. Um, we we talked kind of about a, about a Masters comp for this place in terms of around the green because there's no rough to catch anything. And I was just thinking back to him at the Masters. Every time he missed a green, he would just hit a perfect chip shot like from down in that lower lower area and i could see that happening again i suppose it it depends how much weight you put into like the knowledge of the around the greens at like augusta with ted scott and stuff whether that was anything to do with that like, mm-hmm. yeah good but you know it's, it's the same style of shot and they're all pros aren't they so interesting point there 9k range we've got matthew fitzpatrick all the way down to colin morikawa at nine um fitzpatrick played well here last year before he kind of put on a couple of pounds and, and plenty of speed. So he finished 10th here last year, closed with a 
Returns a much better player. Returns a more suited player to this event. Returns uh, a player that has finished second at the Italian Open, 22nd at Dunhill Links, but 42nd at Wentworth and missed the cut last week when he was defending Valderrama. Are we just at that end of season point for Fitzpatrick now where he's achieved everything he could do this year and we just got to wait until next year? Yes, I think so. Uh, you, I, I almost said this when you were talking about you're not worried that he had to fly from Valderrama or whatever, and I agree with that, but I'm, I am worried about how bad, how bad he sucked when he was there. Hmm. That's the issue. He was, a five, he was like a five-and-a-half-to-one favorite, and he was he was pretty horrendous. So, um, yeah, not for me. No. Who, who would be your guy of this? I mean, you've got Sung Jae-im there, you've got Sam Burns there. I mean, there's a pretty big drop-off between Sung Jae-im and Sam Burns, 96 to 93. Sungjae for me, this is too long of a golf course. I love Sungjae, but he's starting to get into this range where like he's priced with these super elite golfers, and I think he's more of a specialist in terms of a course fit. And I think he beats up on weaker fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, I don't like him this number in this field. But, you know, we're not used to seeing that in these fields. He's usually thirty-three, thirty-five. Yeah. To one, and I know we're not talking about betting prices, but so. But then, what, what does that translate to? Kind of mid eights in the in the draft, yeah. right? So too much for me. So for me, it's Burns. Burns, um, he's long off the tee, so I think it's going to be a big help this week, as we talked about. He's such a good Bermuda putter. He can like he's the type of guy who can win an event with, with his putter on Bermuda. It, it almost runs like a Billy Horschel, except for Burns hits it much much farther. Yeah. Um, so he's he's the guy. I, I bet him at twenty eight to one. He's going to be my guy in this in this range. Yeah. So for me, in terms of betting, I, I couldn't really get to this range, but Max Homer is has won at this uh, Wells Fargo, which is obviously a Tom Fazio design, uh, a Quail Hollow. Then he won the obviously the other um, Wells Fargo event at a completely different golf course. But to me, like when I think about Tom Fazio designs and, and kind of the, what's required, tee to green and then around the greens, I do like Max Homer. And I remember having the conversation at the Shriners thinking that he was going to be overlooked. He only finished 20th in the end. But I thought he played pretty well there for, for the most part. I think he was inside the top 10 going into the weekend and just kind of fell away so i do think if anyone's going to be overlooked a little bit it would be homer yeah he's another guy for me that i just think classical classical golf course where he's played all of his best golf um yeah but I, I, do we not get those kind of vibes from fazio oh you, you definitely do but i'm thinking the, the tree lines you have a lot of you know rough is yeah. thick and stops the ball it's just this visually is not how i picture a fazio design i i think green clock complexes will be what we normally expect but i mean you just don't see a place where it's like you know sharp runoffs with waste areas and this it's just it's kind of an odd odd combination of things at this course and then do we have any interest in the the pair that kind of get compared to one another in victor hovland or morikawa oh god morikawa did not do you any favors last week either. no i liked him a lot and he was just he was I thought he was going to win after Friday. He got up to five under, and he was only a couple back, and there was no really that great in the mix, and he was just horrible over the weekend. Uh, doesn't feel like a more power course to me at all, so no. Normally doesn't, and then he goes and does things like that. Anything yeah. on Victor, like finished fifth last week? He is just infuriating. I mean, if you were on him on last week, and then he, he gets in the mix, and then he has two back-to-back three pots on two uh, holes that he really shouldn't have done, and I just don't trust in his ability to win. I said that last week. Um, I don't mind him at this spot but for me i'd just rather play burns is the 8k range dead this week i have a i have some questions about these guys that i wanted to run by you okay 
because I'm just looking at it and these are none of the players I really consider at all. I, it's actually opposite for me. I like a lot of these guys. <laughs> um, which is, we usually kind of think of the same same way, and especially in terms of ranges. But I have like four guys who I have questions on who I'm considering. Okay. Um, Spieth, if around the green is, is important, we talk about guys who have just played the President's Cup and start to get really hot. He was one of the best players at the President's Cup. Um, Augusta Comp around the greens. Uh, he's won in the South. He's a good putter in Bermuda. I think he, you know, we... We saw his his buddy Ricky last week. Maybe he kind of uh, gets going this week. Not played a lot of golf is is the thing with people. Like, I think the reason he's out of my mind is because he, you look. So he finished tenth at the Scottish Open when he was third at the fifty four hole stage. He finished eighth at the Open at St Andrews. Missed the cut at the so then he didn't play until the until the playoffs, right? Missed the cut at the St Jude. Finished nineteenth for the BMW Championship, but he was actually second at the thirty six hole stage. And then he was 13th for the Tour Championship in terms of 50, uh, in terms of 72 hole scoring, but he closed with a 65 there. So in terms of stroke play, the last round we saw from him was a 65. Then he's impressed at um, the Presidents Cup. I just don't know. I don't know. Any, I don't know what where Spieth is with his game. If if Spieth is edging closer to what we know Spieth is, then 25 to one and and the kind of price, the 8800 price tag on DraftKings seems really a bit of a discount. Mm-hmm. I have but, a thirty to one. I was looking at. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably rather just bet him than put him in a lineup because he. I guess the, the thing is he's not going to miss a cut. But like, is he the type that could just plot around here and not make enough birdies to make it that exciting for your lineups? He he could yeah, and so he's a guy I'm definitely thinking about. Um, I probably will play him. Hideki is. No one's going to play him. I hear me out. I see you shaking your head here. So no one's going to play him. Talk about the Masters comp, right? He's really good around the greens in places like this. He's been bad in spurts, but he's also been good in spurts. Like, why isn't this a course? And he seems like he's discounted. He's probably the fifth best player in this field. Um, he was just 25th at the Fortinet. It's not like he has been completely horrible. I just... He just shit all over my bed last week, and I haven't really forgiven him. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot you better. Like, I, I actually put a double together. I was so worried about Fitzpatrick and Valderrama. I put Matsuyama and Fitzpatrick in a double and it was probably the worst short price double I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. So both of them are on my shit list at the moment. Um, I keep going to Matsuyama when it feels like I shouldn't and this time when it feels like I shouldn't I'm just not going to do it. Um, but I get it, right? Like it, it definitely strikes me as a course that... Has he played well at Quahai before? Oh yeah. Yeah. Who's that runner-up? Remember, he had the 54 lead in the 2017 PGA Championship there. Yeah, yeah. So he obviously had that at the PGA, and then I'm pretty sure he's played well in the regular event as well. Um, yeah. So to me, that's probably my favorite. I don't know if it's my favorite comp, but it's certainly one to look at in terms of like it's driver heavy, um, you know, it's, it's Fazio, those sort of stuff. So that would definitely be something I would consider. And just to, to build off that, um, yeah. the da- data golf course correlation tool, which maybe is helpful, maybe isn't, it's the Quail Hollow is number one, and it's one of the highest ratings I've actually ever seen. So we are, so we're definitely thinking about Quail Hollow, yeah. which is, you know, if Joel Damon was playing this week, he was going to win, um, but he's not. So you know, he's not. That, but if, what, what, did he, what did he tweet today? If someone someone falls in the woods, does anything know what happened or whatever? Talk about <laughs> Brooks's win. I didn't. I didn't see that. But that sounds like Joel Damon. He's taking uh, shots at Brooks Kapka now. Great. That's fantastic. Maybe he should stay off Twitter and, and get himself in these fields. Yeah. 
but he was runner up to Max Heimer in 2019 which made me think about um, Quail Hollow again yeah I just who are your other guys that you want to talk about um, one other thing Bridgestone's a Fazio design that Matsuyama yes. won yeah, yeah. Um, Hatton I mean here's the thing for Hatton for me is like he's been frustrating lately but the results haven't been awful two top tens at uh, Italian and then at uh, Dunhill and last year at this event much weaker field but he was first tee to green first ball striking second off the tee second around the green and he was terrible putting and he came in second yeah and he usually puts pretty well on fast bermuda so is it just a coincidence that he was like literally the best player in the field last year the way he played no i think i think but wasn't he playing better last year i probably but like i see him he's like so we've got and this is going to mean nothing to the people that are just listening to us but for a visual representation for you matt there's like there's Tyrrell Hatton, there's like a level of shit, and then there's Tommy Fleetwood down here, and I kind of pair them two together um, in the sense of like how they can sort of step up to the deep uh, to the PJ Tour, and and Fleetwood's fallen away, and people still want to bet him and and play him, uh, and Tyrrell Hatton hasn't quite ejected yet, but it feels like it's going that way a bit for him on the PJ Tour. Yeah, just to answer quickly their question, um, he wasn't playing well when he was second here. His two starts before 39-38, two starts after miscut, miscut. So he was, he was, so he was playing shit. So it, it's obviously a much better four, it's much better field than what he played here last year, which you've obviously already pointed to. I was dis- The two biggest events that he's played over the last few weeks is Wentworth where he finished 57th and last week where he finished 45th. And that just worries me a little bit. In, mm-hmm. a, in an increased field but it's a good golf course for him I, I don't know if it actually gets worse for him though based on the fact that it's going to be softer and you know he's not going to get that kind of firm I think that the, the challenge of it being firm and fast last year actually suited him yeah I agree with that that's a good point um, so the opposite then does that help Cameron Young yes I think it goal? does it does like, he looks, he's going to be popular as hell but yeah yeah I don't, I don't want to play him but like it, I'm just thinking about the course fit. I really like Keegan for this again. Like, I don't know. He's played well off of a win before. Like he almost, I think he won the Byron Nelson and then almost he definitely contended the PGA Championship. And he's kind of finished inside the top five after winning before as well. So when I look at courses like in terms of Fazio and in terms of these like BMW Championship and things like that, like he's up there multiple times, but. Hasn't played great at Quail Hollow, and I think your point, like when we were kind of talking about him off air, like it, it meant so much to him, and it should it should mean so much to him. Like he, it, it was really good. I really like him, Bradley. Like he's one of my favorite mm-hmm. golfers. So um, whenever I see him do well, I'm, I'm pretty happy, and I loved that little uh, snippet of him on his on Facetime to his wife or whatever. Um, and it, it, there's two ways it can either free you up and you suddenly play your best golf again because uh, you're not worrying about winning or you just go oh, and relax for the year and mm-hmm. he could definitely do that yeah i mean i mean the counts is that is would he just not play if you felt that yeah um that's that's true that uh i think you know sometimes you might play, feel that way but not really necessarily consciously it. realize yeah. it uh, yeah. i think and so, just to off what you said about um really liking him i like him too He's from the area um, that I'm from, and um, it's funny. I've heard from people around here that he's kind of a jerk. Um, just really, really surprises me because he seems really genuine. Yeah, me too. I, I, I have no experience to it, but that's what some people have told me. 
Um, one thing I don't understand, why is Shane Lowry priced lower than Hatton? That, I don't get that. I, I can't answer that, other than the fact that they both have the same sort of problem in terms of they don't get over the line as much. But Lowry America. just won. But Lowry, yeah, he did just win. Um, it felt like he was always going to win Wentworth. Like that, That's been his place. Um, and it was you know meant a lot to him to beat Rory, I think. He then just was terrible at the Dunhill links. It's... I think he was in good enough form to win on the DP World Tour and not this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably how I'd look at it. I mean, again, is there any reason why he shouldn't play well here? No. I guess it's it, uh, probably, again, I think with Hatton, it would have suited him better last year than it was this year. Yeah, yeah I think so, too. Um, he's had some Fazio success, right? He also won uh, Firestone. Uh, yeah, I guess that's all I got. I, I'm not really interested in him. Didn't but... he, he played well at Kiowa Island, which I know is not Fazio, but like... That's obviously South Carolina, right? And that's kind of surrounded by waste area and stuff like that, which is kind of what we've got. Like, you've got no rough here, have you? It's kind of like dirt outlines and sand and things like that. So that could have been... I'm pretty sure him and Patrick Harrington like, shot really good final rounds. And that, Yeah, and that's why I think almost like European-style golfers can play well, because you don't really see the classical layouts. Like Wentworth is, so it's not really what we were talking about. But, I mean, yeah. like the... the the runoffs and the waste areas is more like a seems like more of a European style setup. Yeah, so I, th- I think actually looking at that KOR Island alongside Wells Fargo, if you can kind of pair anyone up, that's actually really promising and it landed me on my probably my favourite pick of the week. But we'll come on to that a little bit later. But yeah, Shane Larry tied fourth um, in 2021 at the PJ Championship. Keegan Bradley second and 17th for that golf course. So. Just a little bit of kind of extra boost for me. Sadly, you look at the the 2021 PGA Championship. Mickelson beats Brooks and Louis Oosthuizen. Uh, Abraham answers in tied eighth. Um, <laughs> Patrick Reed seventeenth. Like, so, it's, yeah, maybe, we've lost a lot. Maybe they'll get Kiowa Island for. Uh, is is Liv getting Valderrama? No, they want to, don't they? There was something on the broadcast yesterday uh, about that. But um, I heard that Norman was stepping aside. This is going completely different direction. Wow. But apparently, like, he realizes that he's a bit of a blocker to some of these successes. So he's going to step aside because people just hate he's got so much. That's why they won't negotiate with him. And it's like, why, why, uh, whether you like Trump or not, why you shouldn't run? Just because there's so many people who come out specifically to vote against him if, you, yeah. if you're rooting for the Republicans. Yeah, so it's, it's a similar thing with Norman. Yeah, so, yeah, there's there's still some developments there. But it just makes me, like, when I looked through Wells Fargo and I looked through Kiowa Island, like, there was just a lot of players that I thought, you know, if they were here this week, definitely would have bet them. Um, let's carry on with this range. Um, Taylor Montgomery, Sahith Tagala, Billy Horschel, Corey Connors. You've got a smile on your face, which means you're going to say something about Taylor Montgomery. No, no, actually, yeah, you can just assume what I would say with him. I was going to say, I said, let's t- keep talking about Trump and Greg Norman and uh, and Liv. That should be the, uh, good for the viewers. Yeah. But uh, Montgomery, yeah, not for me. Um, I was looking at Billy Horschel at, at 8K flat just because um, I just think he is the type of guy who's down on the board who can actually win if he does get in the mix with these types of guys. And, like, if you're looking for that upside, the way he putts on Bermuda – um, and the fact that he just won Memorial and kind of like that's a long iron type of golf course where you could see that. So I, I kind of like him. He has been disappointing on the PGA Tour, but very good on the DPR Tour. Like he's been top back-to-back top 10 finishes 
at Wentworth and Dunhill links, which you'd expect from him, considering like him versus a general field strength. But to me, like him finishing 19th out of the 30 or players at Tour Championship was a little bit of a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 35th at the BMW Championship missed cut at St Jude. So I think there's there's something a little bit missing from Billy Horschel. Um, 7K, Aaron Wise is going to be popular, right? 7-8? Yeah, very, very popular. Where's Grillo going to sit in terms of popularity? Very popular, too. I'm seeing three guys who are like screaming at me in terms of jump, uh, terms of popular, popularity, and it's Young, Grillo, and Wise. I thought Maverick Manili might be among those as well. No, no. I think people are really buying into the bomber narrative this week. So let's go with a player that we both agree on. Uh, we're both betting him. Uh, Jason Day at 7-5. Now, I said to you uh, before we come on that my, my betting card looks like it's 2014 all over again. Uh, Jason Day and the guy just below him that I'm going to talk about um, basically spearhead that. So I just had a conversation with Brad on the betting podcast about what do we think is going to happen to Jason Day. And, and what I mean by that is like, He's 34 years of age, so he's only one year older than Roy McIlroy. So when we think about people being like, people were ready to say that Jason Day was washed and that was it, right? Like that, <laughs> that was the end. Then it sort of comes out that he's obviously his mum was was, you know, sadly dying and she did die. I think he had to deal with that. He, but he seems to be, fitness wise, the best place he's ever been. And if that is the case, and he, you know, you never get over obviously losing your parent, but like if he can rededicate himself to the game to kind of overcome that and those sort of things, like I think this could be a really big year for Jason Day. Like we've just seen him finish eighth at the, the Shriners. Um, he's got a win two ninths and the 24th at the Wells Fargo. He's finished first and fourth at the BMW championship at Conway farms, which is another Fazio design. Again, don't think there's a you know, massive kind of correlation between the two of them, but ultimately like Jason Day on his best is a, an absolute magician around the greens and he hasn't been that for a, a decent period of time which actually held him back like people would obviously point to ball striking but it's been that that's kind of let him down fifth in tees green and eighth in approach at Shriners posted a final round 63 and shot 66s on Thursday and Saturday I just think this is a prototypical Jason Day golf horse that in 2014 15 16 he'd been 20 to 1 and I know you can't you can't just do that like he, he's not playing that way but in terms of like course fit, this is probably the best that he's going to get. Definitely this side of Christmas, anyway. Yeah, I agree on all points. I agree on all points. I I just had a similar conversation the show I recorded before I came on here. Um, the five point four on approach was the a big thing for me. Gained four off the tee. Just the tee to green was just completely excellent. Um, a lot of the course uh, fit stuff, like you said, I made my own um, little custom Fazio rankings. Yeah. So I put all the courses I could find in Fazio, put them in a in a database and, and see what what got spit out and he was number two um just if anyone was rory number one yeah now that i say that people probably want to hear it so i'll give you the top 10 yeah uh jt day rory wise mitchell hatton english henley lowry and hadwin is my top 10 on that and um so he's number two he just plays these types of courses really really well um i we saw it with ricky last week i mean i think he's and like we were kicking ourselves because we told each other that he's shown something so we should just stick with it and like i think same category with day he's showing something my concern only concern with him is he hasn't like he's such a great putter he really hasn't been a great putter for a long time yeah that but i think when it's a weakness that 
like that where you know that's what it's like it's like when Morikawa loses his eyes like you, in one sense you don't want to bet him when they're trending in the wrong direction but by the same token you know they're always going to come back like we mm-hmm. know Jason Day's putting is going to come back he's not he's not 55 years old and lost his putting like a senior would like he, he's just gone through a bad spell and generally speaking like confidence all over the board tee to green is gone so putting just becomes that bit more difficult right so I think there's a little bit of that um on those golf courses in terms of Tom Fazio, so I looked at Congaree, obviously, from the Palmetto last year, Conway Farms, I've sort of spoken about BMW, Firestone, um, Pinehurst is in there, but I think there's only like two of the courses that are not, it's not where we play the US Open, is it? Yeah, number six, six number eight. eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had Shadow Creek, which we played last year, uh, yep. Quail Hollow, obviously, the, the redesign, and there was things like Adair Manor like in, in Ireland and stuff like that, but PJ National as well. Mm-hmm. That's a completely different test altogether. So those are the sort of courses I've, I've thought about. Carson Creek is the, is the Oklahoma College Golf Course, which you know by now people will probably figure out who it is that I'm going to be talking about. But was there one that really was it Quail Hollow that really stood out to you? Yeah, I think that was the, that was definitely the biggest one. Um, Tory Pines worked uh, looked pretty good to me too, which you want to day days good there too. So yeah, no, I think I think anywhere where like driver is just you know heavily relied on is you know is a massive pointer, right? Um, let's go further down the board here then so Ricky Fowler at 7-4 so I get this is kind of it was a bit of a loaded question when I said do you worry about the travel so Ricky Fowler was third in this event last year and I know it was obviously a different golf course but same sort of time of year Um, I think we definitely can say that he's in better place than he was then because he's back to Birch he's back to basics he was sixth at the Fortinet so that's why I picked him at the Shriners didn't kind of pay off in the end but week later comes into japan probably should have won um didn't but i think it's another step forward goes to tom fazio of course he's got a win at the world's fargo um he's played well at the pj championship finished eighth there last year uh, he was second at conway farms by mark leishman at 2017 bmw championship he's got sixth and second place finishes in just three starts this season i think you've got him you've got jason day and you've got another player that i'm going to come on to shortly the they just need to. They're all at sort of points in their career where their second, third, fourth time have kind of proven themselves, and uh, this is huge for Ricky Fowler. And I think it's a really good golf course for him to be at when he's in good confidence. Yeah, I, I think it it makes sense in a lot of ways. I mean, is 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 Butch just a wizard? We had Brooks win last week. Yeah. So 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 Brooks goes back to Claude, uh, who obviously you know is in that Harmon family. Then. Fowler goes back to Butch, and he looks like the best thing. I don't think... Like, they can't do anything... They're not the most revolutionary teachers, right? Like, certainly not Butch. Like, I imagine Claude's probably uh, a little bit further developed than Butch in terms of modern technology and things like that. But, like, you see these guys go to the other teachers that they kind of go to. I can't think of the names right now. But, like, they go to all these other guys looking for the, the different, you know, techniques and all that sort of stuff. And I think what Butch does best and probably what Claude does best is they just strip back to basics. What are you best mm-hmm. at? Let's just refine that and you'll have a working goal swing. And it doesn't, I think they leave them hoping they can go up to another level um, and just can't. And, you know, we just, we just see it sometimes. It's just pointless. Like, why are you trying to get away from, like DJ, I don't think he's ever left Claude, has he? No, I don't know. I don't think so. And that's why he stuck around. Like, yep. Brooks left Claude and he went to shit. I know he had injuries as well, but like, Ricky left Butch 
went to shit. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't always work. And you know, it it really does kind of pay off. So I think the fact that he's gone back there is just a huge like. Do you know what? Fine, you're you're right. Like yep. you are the best person for me, and I just want to get better, and that's what I need to do. Yeah. So yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. I do think the golf course might be a little long the way it's going to play for Ricky. Uh... So the interesting thing with with that is that last week he was he was way down the driving distance rankings, but in the final round he averaged 311 yards off the tee. So I mm. think I think he can. I mean I don't know how accurate that is, but like maybe adrenaline. Like I just think that like if he wants to get it out there and there's a bit more confidence, he can. Like I think that's just it. I, I think I think he purposely doesn't overextend himself and certainly over the last couple of years because he's not trusted it to give it a, a big hit but I think he's capable of hitting it fight. like at his peak did we ever worry about Ricky Fowler's distance no no so I mean I don't think we, we're that far departed from him being really good that that we should be worried about that yeah I, I think that's right um anyone else that you really liked in the I mean both Tom Hoagie and Maverick McNeely are playing good golf I think they're they're fine um I'd probably prefer them in, in different parts of the country, but I have, I have a weird one for you that I, I, uh, two the two guys I like one is weird one isn't, but the I have a feeling about Russell Henley. I don't know why it's uh, what it is, but he plays he plays golf in this it, area. It's the SEC thing, isn't it? Yeah, that that's part of it. The SEC thing. He plays golf in this area well. He um, and you you think of him, he doesn't really play well, in, you know, long golf courses. But he was a 54 hole leader in the U.S. Open recently. Or was it 36? I think it was 54. And um, he just, for whatever reason, I think the price is really good. Like, I, I hate having to get there when he's 22 to 1 or something, but I have like an 80 to 1. And then, for whatever reason, I can just see this being a good course for him. I'm pretty sure he's played well, like, of these types of courses as well. Like, when you go back, like, hasn't he played okay at Firestone in the past? I think he's played well at Wells Fargo in the past. Like, I, I don't think he's ever, like, contended at any of them, but I'm pretty sure he's he's shown up at them. Right, he was yeah, like I just he was eighth in the, that rankings I, that I made. Yeah, so he must have done something of that. Like, I'm pretty sure he's played well, definitely at Firestone or something like that. Kind of thinks back to me, but yeah, I can't I can't find what it is that I thought he'd done well at. But I, I think he's fine. Like I think I think for me, it's he's one of those guys that. You don't necessarily need to be in good form for him to turn up. Like his ball striking is just so good that any given mm-hmm. time he just puts it together and that's it. Like he doesn't necessarily trend towards. I mean, he doesn't win very often now anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But like he doesn't trend towards contention. He just kind of does it, and then he might keep it going for a little while. And the thing is the um, the bomber thing. Like I think it's definitely possible. But if it didn't turn out that way, and we saw a leaderboard with guys that weren't necessarily bombers, like for, this is one of those weeks where I think if you go against the grain and went to like a, a stack of guys who are more uh, iron players and not hugely long off the tee and good putters like I think you might be able to pull one over on everybody I'm not 100% convinced it's going to be a bombers course like I think it's it, maybe maybe will but I'm not I'm not as sold as everybody else what do we do about Sepp Stracker still playing good golf yeah yeah I just his time should run out pretty soon what did he do last week it's a good question. I don't remember him playing too great last week. I think he was kind of like the 30s, something like that. Uh, yeah. Where was he? 45th. So I'm yeah, off. he he went yeah he went bad either side. Um, played okay in the middle, but you know same he was in the same score as Morikawa, so that depends how you feel about that. <laughs> they both stink. <laughs> yeah. 
Of course, fit-wise, Mitchell should be really good. And isn't this isn't he a Georgia guy as well? He's not... a, yes, he is, and he was just like fourth in that in those Fazio rankings. He uh, putts great on Bermuda, definitely a Bermuda guy. A lot of things pointing to him. And he just strikes me as that kind of big hitter, good around the greens type that can just get streaky, right? Yeah. I, it's weird. I was convinced that Keith Mitchell was going to take a step this year, and he just didn't. Like, and I don't know. That was over over you know analyzing thinking he's just gonna be better trying to get a little bit trendy hoping he's gonna win but like again just a guy that i imagine plays very very well at these types of layouts you say he's fourth in your rankings so that kind of backs it up um yeah i like him I, I think he's good i you get into this range and already the 7k guys are just full of people that you can't trust at the moment Mm-hmm. Is is the is the key to it. So you've just kind of got to play the guys that you feel comfortable with. I really like Taylor Moore at seven K flat, um, but I imagine he's going to be a popular pick at that price range. Yeah, probably. But I think nothing that's going to prevent you from playing him if you if you really want to. Uh, he was good last week. Was that last yeah. week? Yeah, yeah. he's twelfth at Zozo. Um, had sixty five and sixty six and sixty five middle rounds. He was twenty fourth at the Sanderson Farms, where he he played well over the weekend. 36 for the Fortinet and then missed a couple of the Shriners. So he's been he's been solid and he's been solid for a very long time now. Like I think he's a player that I think is going to be very very consistent. Like a mm-hmm. like a I don't know not in terms of like playing styles but like a Brian Harmer that just kind of never really gets inside danger of losing cards, just contends three or four times a year and doesn't quite get it done. Like that strikes me as a Taylor Moore type player. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look, like, 6th, 5th, 31st, 44th, 36th, 24th, missed cut, 12th for his last, whatever that was, 8 starts. Like, it's pretty impressive. Like, can he do it in this elite company? No, he won't win. But you don't necessarily need him to win. And, you know, 7K, is, it's a good building block, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think all, all good points. Really good ball striker. Um, I, I, I looked, I said 6,900, now we're into the 6Ks, but I was looking yep. at Kisner, if, if I was going against the grain and just saying, like, maybe it doesn't turn out that way, maybe these Bermuda shorter hitter guys who are who are who have success, like Henley in the uh, down south, and, um, you know, maybe if it doesn't turn out the way you think it's going to turn out, like, he's going to be probably 1% or 2 or 3% owned, and you're going to have even guys like Moore who are, like, 10%, and um, SH Kim is going to be 10%, and Kiriyama, like, they just want to go with Bombers, and I just think... What if it doesn't play out that way? You can get a guy who's just as good, if not better, at one-fourth the ownership and see if you can pull one over. So I'm pretty sure he would have been one of the highest-owned players at the Palmetto last year mm-hmm. and oh, missed yeah. the cut. Um, obviously a South Carolina guy. You can tell he's from South Carolina. There's not there's not too much to, uh, to hide from the fact that he's a South Carolina player. Um, it's tough, isn't it? Like, I, I think... The golf course doesn't suit him on paper, but every time he gets to major championships, and especially him that says he can't contend, I've sort of said this about him at majors before, like, yeah, she just plays pretty well because he just plays within his comfort zone of of laying up and, and just, you know, greens and, you know, fairways and greens and just makes enough par parts to stay relevant. Um, it would have to get tough for him to be inside the top 10, I think, but I don't think, you know, if he can make enough birdies... On a, even if it went to sort of 14, 15 under, I think he could still be top 15. Yeah, that's, that's what I think, and he's really cheap. Um, then we just start getting into some... Is Trey Mullinax gone now? Is yes. That, is, is that run ended? So yep. he, he's gone. So at the $100 cheaper, I really like Harris English. And there, there's a there's a 
a lot of, and I'm probably not going to be the only people that see it. So he was 14th on this golf course last year, but he was actually second at the 54 hole stage. And I think he actually led, didn't he? Before, didn't he just shoot like five over through the last back nine? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just leaked oil. Um, but he's been ninth and 28th so far, either side of a missed cut. Um, and then like final round 66 at the Fortinet, final round 65 at the Shriners. Um, two made cuts this season. He's been 10th inside, inside the top 10, sorry, for strokes going around the green as well, which I think is a really promising sign for him. His irons have improved. I think he was 15th at the Shriners, which is, that was a big deal for him. Like, he hasn't hit the ball well in an age. Yeah, 15th at the Shriners in terms of strokes gain approach, uh, 25th to green. So, obviously, his off the tee game needs a little bit of work. But do we think English can make a run back? Did he play last week? No. Um, okay, I think that's a good thing. And like you said, coming off the Shriners is good. I do think he can make a run back. Um, this isn't... Well, if I'm going with a Kisner-Henley South Carolina thing, then yes, it is a good one. Yeah. But in general, I just think he hasn't really competed all that well in the longer golf courses. Um, like, I would rather bet him at the RSM next... Is that next week? But, he, but like, he's going to be... If he even finishes yeah. inside the top 20, he's going to be like the most popular guy, right? Like, yep. it, it, to me, I'm trying to get on him... And not early, because I think with you, I've spoken about him about five or six times since he came mm-hmm. back from injury, just trying to basically shoehorn him in. And to your point, right? Like he's, but he he won at Kapalua, and like to me, like wide open fairway, he's pretty long. I know it obviously doesn't play long because of the the, the altitude and things like that, but like he's got that. He's got third and fourth place finishes at U.S. Open. He's finished second at Tory Pines. Like when he's playing well, he can play these kind of layouts well. He finished tenth at Shadow Creek. Like I think he can do it. Like Bay Hill top ten. I think at his very best, he plays these golf courses well. And it's just whether he can get back to that. Like he's got multiple top tens at Tory Pines. Yep. So I, yep. yeah, I think all those are are good points. And like you said, next week he's probably going to be you know a third of that price. So I think. Um, in terms of betting, so I think if there's a time to get on, get on them, and why not try to be a little bit early and maybe at a place where you you see what other people really aren't seeing? Because I don't I don't think he's going to be popular really at all. So I I think some some previews are going to come out and he'll be picked and he'll become popular. But like mm-hmm. as it stands right now, he's not. Um, and and there's reason, right? Like he's still not fully back from to his best. He's it's still in flashes, but. There's definitely encouraging signs. And when you get down here, it gets pretty thin. Like, he's priced at the same price as Justin Sir, Bernie Ann, $100 more than Troy Merritt and Gary Woodland, Brendan Todd. Like, I'd take him over all of those guys. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Is there anyone else you want to talk about? Not really. The only guy I kind of um, checked off here in the 6K range was Danny Willett, just because he's coming off a really good performance. He's good around the greens, um, and he's really, really cheap. So that's it. 6200 does feel like a little bit of a an insult and it, <laughs> may, it, may, it makes me feel like they just think the Fortinet was never going to happen again and you think like he'd, he'd finished 16th at the British Masters 9th at the Crown Cercier he should have won the Fortinet he didn't play well at the Dunhill Links which is obviously a concern because he plays well there every year but like that was coming like it was a travel week off of that um Really, you know that tough playoff loss. He he had that mm-hmm. probably in the back of his mind. He knows he does well at Dunhill Links. He was defending champion. It was a tough wave. You could have got caught in, and so you probably just got stuck in the wrong bit on round two. Like generally speaking, Willett is playing very well in terms of his level of late. Like I think six two hundred is a little bit of a joke. 
yeah, I, I would consider playing him just because of that, and he's cheap. Um, but I guess you don't need to go to him unless you're playing Rory and JT. You could do play Rory and JT, though. So if you went Rory and JT and put him in, you're left with 7,500 average. Put him in English in. Put English in. Here we go. This is going to be this like degenerate. Like... <laughs> and so then what do you got? got? So we've got 8K left for the two other guys. So we've got Rory McIlroy, JT, Harris English, Danny Willett. Jason Day. Jason Day. Oh, my God. And now we can get another stud in there. We can. That That's the concern, isn't it? Like, we can do this. So we can have 8,500. So we can have Tyrrell, Keegan, Lowry, Thigala, you, you like Keegan, and I think his ceiling, is his floor is really high, and we already have uh, JT and Rory in there, so I think Keegan would be a, a good addition. JT, Rory, Keegan, Jason Day, Harris, English, Danny Willett. My yeah. God. That's not bad. <laughs> I mean, look, you... You're probably taking the two most suited guys to the golf course at the top. Yeah, we really like. I think we are generally pretty high on Jason Day. Uh, I do like Harris English, so it, it basically just depends on the 8K range, which I hate. Um, they can't miss the cut, so you know there's always a bonus. Exactly. Let's let's summarize our favorite picks. So above the 10K range is JT for you. Yes. So. I'm going to say Rory just because yeah. I, I think he has a really good week. Um, 9k range. For me, it's Burns. I want to go with Homer again. I, I, I like taking Homer in these spots. Uh, 8k range. This is a weird range, I think. I will go with Spieth. That's probably the right answer. And Tom Kim's probably the right answer. But I'm going to go with Bradley. I think he can just one more week, ride it out, ride the wave. Uh, let's take two from the 7k range um, I'm going to go with Day and Henley I'm going to go with Day and Ricky Fowler um, 6k this is brutal you can only, you only have to take one from me I'm not going to make you make two from me for me it's Willett I'm going to go Harris, Harris English so party like it's 2014 or 2015 with uh, Jason Day Harris English. I think it was 2015 because I'm pretty sure Harris English won twice in 2015 Ricky Fowler probably had that um, top five in the majors in mm-hmm. 2014. Uh, Jason Day won his major in 2015, did he? Yeah, yeah. Uh... So, no, Harris English's two wins. Okay, so it's a little bit spread out. Harris English's two wins came in 2013. I think Ricky Fowler had that kind of unbelievable major year in 2014. And then Jason Day won his major in like 2015 or 2016. But I'm pretty sure he was world number one in 2015. Um, so 2015, 2014, whatever you want to call it, um, it's around that time that these guys were cool, and we're doing it again. Yeah, I, hey, why not? Ricky almost won last week, so. And so did Keegan. Keegan, that's 2000. What did he win his ma- he won a major in 2015 or 14 or 13, didn't he? I think I think he might have been 12. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I think this is like, uh, do you know, I I can't believe it's been a decade since Keegan Bradley won a major. Yeah, or maybe it was the BMW he won at that time. BMW is 2018. Oh yeah, that's right. So he won. He won his major in 2011, man. Wow. 2011 PGA Championship, and he won the Byron Nelson because I'm pretty sure he only got his tour card in 2011. So. Yeah, I think he was a rookie when he or won 20, it. 2010, maybe. Well, yeah. So let's let's just pretend it's back then. I, I like it. Maybe Jason Day can win. Yeah, I feel like that was the time when I enjoyed golf the most. Oh yeah. But like, was... I'm thinking Medina. It was Medina the 2012. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you guys didn't enjoy that, but like, <laughs> you know, I love Ke- that. That's my favorite Ryder Cup. Keegan Bradley was great that week. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
Um, I, I usually watch that like they have like some a little YouTube series where like it's like a 20 minute thing about each of the Ryder Cups, and I like the I watch the Medallion one to get me hyped for the uh, for the Ryder Cup. I feel like that's the last time that I really enjoyed. It. I mean, it was the Mollywood thing was pretty cool in in France, but it was one of those ones where it wasn't ultra competitive. I prefer the ones where there's you know a chance for both things. Me too, me too. I think that's the the, the best way to do it. And I like it's what's fun if America wins every single time. That's why the Presidents Cup is getting tough. Like I want the Europe to win every once in a while. I still think we should just combine the two, but it's never going to happen. Like, just do Europe and the rest of the world versus America. Like, that's just the only way that both teams can contend now. I think. Yeah, I have I have some hope for um, for the Presidents Cup because so many like this year. I think it would have been really competitive if you had the live guys play. Not that I think they should play. I'm just saying that those talents losing them was just such. Yeah, like if, if you like if you put Cameron Smith, Abraham Answer, and Mikey Neiman in instead of the three guys that sucked, it's it's yeah. a different tournament, right? Like, there's doesn't matter what way you land on either side of those things like it's and in europe i think they do have potential like i hope i hope ludwig adberg ends up being good i think that would be a you know he's i, I like these top ranked amateurs i think he could be really good if you could get chikara in there i don't know if he's ever going to make his way back to uh and he's a guy you could bring to an american track and uh because he, he bombs it so yeah he's obviously got a bit of a rapport with uh, john Rahm as well hasn't he yeah so, that'd be good um yeah no i think that's a Pretty much just summed up for the Ryder Cup. Um, for the Ryder Cup? Sorry, for the CJ Cup. Uh, the Ryder Cup is definitely a little while away yet. Um, any other closing thoughts, Matt? No, just take some chances and no cut. You can get away with it. Uh, try to stack the top and, and sneak in a couple scrubs. Cool. That sounds good to me. Uh, I like that. Let's uh, look forward to this week. It's definitely going to be a better tournament than last week to watch. And uh, we'll uh, wish you the best of luck.